All right. Well, uh, here it's another episode. Wait, is this this is the quarter century mark? I think it is. Yeah, it's twenty five. Although it's not a true twenty five because I uh, I skipped the one that was recorded but never sent out. All right. Um. So it's a Saturday. Uh, it's after the, the the San Jose game loss. Um. Yeah. What a rough one. Um. Well, I guess I'll I'll, I'll talk. We'll get into the Sabers. Uh. After the after this little intro. Um. You know, it was like I wasn't. I guess it was an it was an interesting week. Um, I think I not that it doesn't matter, but last week I had said uh, I was going to try and have my mom as the guest uh, today. She was in town this week for a couple days. Stayed. We we spent some time together. It was very nice, um, but it didn't work out. Unfortunately, the timing of it. She's she left this morning, uh, or I think, or is leaving today. She 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 says I'm trained uh, plane problems. But um, I was trying to, I targeted yesterday afternoon, it didn't happen. But uh, then, you know, and then I thought, well, whatever, I'll, I'll just still do a normal episode Saturday uh, afternoon game, and then they lost, and I was like, I don't even want to think about hockey ever again, which is still true, um, but I went and did some errands, and now I'm back, and I'm just, I'm just going to do an episode. Because again, uh, like I've, I've realized increasingly as this, even as early as we are in this season, as it's gone on just in a few weeks, it's clear that maybe I don't even, I don't even need to talk that much hockey. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a Western New York sports centered pop culture podcast after all. So, um, you know, as, uh, if there's just not, not that much that's fun to talk about, then I just won't talk about the Sabres as much. Um, but I still will talk about the Sabres because I can't not. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm here. We're still doing an episode today. It's just going to be, I guess it'll be a, like a Sharks, um, recap, sort of, sort of, sort of, and then maybe a little Bills in there, because, you know, well, I think I doomed both, it's not, we'll see this, yeah, I didn't doom anything, because I have no control over the Bills, Sabres, or Universe, uh, with, w- at least as far as, um, making a pronouncement on this podcast goes, but, uh, it's, it's, it is funny that as soon as I declared, uh, early, in our, in early October, um, yeah, in that episode right before I went to go see them a couple weeks ago now, it's play here in Brooklyn, uh, I said I was excited about both the Bills and Sabres. Still actually excited about the Bills. I will, I, but it will be, I think tomorrow will be a really good test of whether I'm actually, like, whether I'm, like, legit excited about the Bills. Um, beating the Raiders would be awesome, um, even because Raiders had a rough start, but they're, like, you know, it's like they were good last year, they have a great quarterback, and, uh, they seem to have found their rhythm a bit, which uh, cannot be said for the Sabers. Um, even though they weren't good last year, you'd think like you'd look at the, the, the lineup and think at least there's some potential there. But uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, but I'll talk about more with the Bills later. But as uh, soon as I said that I was excited in both, they they both of course lost within about within a few hours, and the Sabers are. Uh, yeah, it's it's incredibly apparent that this is not a good team. Um, I, I just I don't I, you know, and I, it doesn't mean that they may not turn things. Or, it doesn't mean that they won't get better this year, um, but they are just not good right now. And I don't think they're being. I mean, I don't know. At what point are we going to start to th- wonder whether Housley is <laughs> way in over his head? Um, because they're not they're not getting. They haven't gotten any better. Uh, well. I guess they've gotten a little, I guess they've gotten, 
I guess they have gotten better, but it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not enough. Because, um, I mean, at least they're only better in that they're not losing, you know, 5-6-1 to one as they were the first couple games. Um, but they didn't lose that badly in the first game. I mean, they, it was a... I mean, like, well, yeah, the fact is they're playing close games against bad teams and maybe winning, like Detroit or... Um, I guess the Boston game was the only one that was potentially impressive, but uh, but they may not, the Bruins aren't, aren't probably aren't very good either. I don't know. It's all too depressing. But uh, anyway, um, but there's more to life than just sports, of course, so um, that's what I'll probably talk more about. All right, well, what a great intro. Uh, I'll see you on the other side. Well, yeah. So I watched that game. Um, luckily, I had about it. Had like I was like half paying attention because I, I just you know I just know that they're I, I, you knew they were going to lose um, even from the beginning. Uh, there's always something with this team that's just lacking. Um, thought Eichel had a, a pretty good game. Um, you know, well, good. He, he did play a good game. I mean, he's he's he just well. At least as far as the eye, as, you know, just purely by watching, you know, he looks, he looked engaged. Um, he looks like he's, he's making passes and no one, no one is even able to think on the same level as him. Um, I'm totally talking hockey here. Uh, he's, um, no one like, none of the, no one is ready for the puck when he passes it to him. And this has always been the problem. Um, not that his passing is always perfect, but or they're or they're ready, but they're not able to do anything because they're not good enough. Um, just a lot of that, a lot of bad people like hockey players on this team that just can't keep up with them and uh, don't seem to. I don't know, just don't have it. Um, I don't know, and maybe, yeah, maybe maybe Kyle Oposo needs is just needs like a maybe he'll. Maybe he'll rebound next season, um, having like he'll have this season to be a shell, a ghost of himself, and then if he's fully recovered next year, he'll be better. But I, that that's he's got to be like it's he's getting into the territory of he's got to be the worst contract in the NHL right now. Six more years of this garbage, or maybe five at this point. Yeah, six more of O'Reilly, which at least he's gotten a little bit better, but. Still, it's it's very scary that they've that there's how much more term there is in the, with those two guys. Like, what is it about Islander wingers that come to Buffalo and just turn in and just turn back and in, turn into pumpkins? As I said last week, like, it's just. It's, I mean, I guess John Tavares is just that good, but uh, well, he is <laughs> clearly. Um, but man, or just people come to Buffalo and just because they are willing to take P- P- Terry Pagula's money and they know that it doesn't matter. Um, I don't know. I, I just, uh, it's tough to see hope for this Sabres team right now because they just, I don't understand. I mean, Tennyson, when he first, when, it, when they signed him, I was making Alfred Lord Tennyson jokes and saying they should sign Paul Byron and stuff. And, and I was like, and then like Tennyson made the team and I was like, oh, cool. Like a guy I'd never really heard of, but 
I think I I think I, I think he played some games for like Carolina last year or something. And I was like, great, you know, here's a guy who's, you know, he'll be like, um, I don't know, maybe he'll be like, because uh, right now he's looking more like Andy. Well, see, Andy Delmore actually had expectations. Tennyson didn't hasn't had any, but I was like, maybe he'll be a. Uh, uh, who's someone that they signed that was just decent? I don't know. I feel like even Nolan Pratt would be was dip better than Tennyson, but he's he's probably the worst defenseman I've ever seen. <laughs> he really is. Like, and I was you know I, I was thinking of re- rewriting like a Charge of the Light Brigade thing, you know, like uh, minor league, minor league, minor league contract, something of that opening like that, but. Get this guy off my team. I just, I can't. He's so bad in every thing, in every way. He's terrible. I mean, that's why, like, things like that are, like, that's why I really, I still think this is, like, a cheeky tankier for uh, Bottrell because, like, I hope he he's not surprised by this because this this team is so bad. I'm really disappointed in Housley. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's still, you can't, it's too soon to make definitive uh statement i suppose on what he's done but there's just there's not much that's impressive of of his results obviously i mean he doesn't even have them all playing like he just it's like they don't even they're not even all playing that hard or haven't been consistently and it's the same stuff we hear every year and and uh he just doesn't look you know after the game today he was saying things like well we played hard and stuff I'm like did you really do you really think they played hard like does he think that the fans are that stupid that they will just accept that or that i mean i know that the sabers team does not like the reporters uh like the buffalo news press but really you you played hard you feel good about that effort today like you know i mean i know it's tough to answer the same questions over and over again but that's that's the job i don't know um there it's just he's not he's not inspiring at all um you know, and I, w- I don't think, you know, I, like, whereas, again, look at McDermott, like, on the Bill side, like, I don't, uh, you know, a lot of what he says is, is just pretty, like, typical coach speak, and, um, you know, I don't care for, I, I just, I mean, I, you know, I, a lot of it is just, is just mumbo jumbo, but I do think that he, I do, I do, but there is something about his character that I, I respond to um, when he speaks. I mean, I, you know, I don't care with him about the God crap and the like get out i don't need that you know um you can like leave that you know, stick to sports um but uh in fact i'm going to start telling religious people to stick to sports and leave their god out of out of it um because it's just as that's just as offensive to me as they claim it's not offensive to me but it's just as it, it, it the, same, the same should be said to them leave your religion out of it and stick to sports anyway um but uh you know but, but whatever but, but 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 i do feel like um McDermott talks about these things, these things. It's so easy for a coach to talk about, you know, heart or team and effort and stuff. And it's so hard to not roll your eyes. Um, and I do somewhat with when McDermott talks about it, but I, I, I do believe, I, 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 I feel like he really does believe that and, and actually has gotten the bills to embody that somewhat. Um, no, he has, I mean, you watch the bills this year, they, they're, they are, they're playing hard. Um, and, and it's, He's getting like you get something extra out of him. There's not, I there's not. I don't think there's been one game for the Sabers have played this year where I feel like, like they're really they really care and they're really going for it. Um, you know, a few shifts you can see Josh Bailey when he comes up. He's like he's skating pretty hard and uh, trying, but it's not as if he. 
you know, he's that's probably about the best pure effort I've seen in a game in a in a moment this year. But it, there's no consistent like will to win and to do anything it takes to win. And I just that's just it's crazy to me that it's taken this long. And where are the where are the guys trying who are getting this team to do that? What's like what's the what is what are what's Oposo and what are they doing? No, I mean, they're not doing anything. They're actively bringing this team down, and they're and and. Yeah, it's just it's again it's hard to see hope for this team right now because they're just there's no there's nothing there and it's, there's a ton of money and no and, and tied up in a few guys you know Bogosian is never even healthy um, I don't know I I just I don't I've never he's not and he's not even that good when he plays um, just you know in the past and he's never even healthy I mean what does he do what is, what did he do that was so difficult or what what like where did he get this injury like mowing the lawn instagramming himself like djing like really this guy's worth five million dollars like okay good well see ya <laughs> i don't know um not that not that the saber signed that deal but but what a great pickup by tim murray just a classic murray move again um yeah uh yeah i just it's it's uh disappointing so, yeah, well, anyway, um, what a great podcast, right? But, uh, yeah, so otherwise, this week, um, well, I went to see Hello, Dolly, which I know, I've had like a long episode where I talked about that, I think, um, back when I booked the tickets and was listening to the soundtrack when it came out, or cast recording, and it, so it's, and that was one of the great nights of, of my theater-going life, uh, Thursday. Um, and, uh, what was it? Was it the same night? Was it the, was it Wednesday that the, just, so I'm just going through some of the things that happened this week. Um, uh, I think the Nets beat the Cavs Wednesday night after a disappointing loss to the Magic. That was an incredible, like, over, like, upset. I mean, not, it's, it's the, like, the first week of the NBA season or second week, so it doesn't matter, but the Nets, you know, again, that was like a gutty, and Russell was hurt. So like that was like a good team win, and then they turn around and they they choke against the Knicks of all teams last night, um, and I was like, well, I re and as soon as the game ended, I I didn't watch all of it, but I I realized, well, that's there's I knew there was something to these Brooklyn Nets, uh, similar to the to the Mets actually, of I knew I liked them for a reason because it's the they beat the team they shouldn't and they lose to the one that they should beat. Um, and I was like, that's the most, that's exactly why the Nets are firmly at home in Saberland. Uh, and so are the Mets. They're just, it's just something where they just always seem to attract players that are just simp just willing to accept failure, um, which the Bills and Sabres are champions of. They're the, sort of as, as Salieri says, the champions of mediocrity. Well, he's, sorry, he's the patron saint of mediocrity, but we are, he's, he's absolving all of us of our mediocrity. But, um, so I, so, so an, a high and a low for the Nets this week. Um, and as I, and I said in that, and I think, I, I think I talked about this a lot in my episode about, <laughs> about Bette Midler and LeBron. Um, and, uh, and I know I, 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 my favorite sentence I've ever uttered on this podcast, and I don't remember all of them, but I do remember saying, uh, putting Ethel Merman in contradistinction to LeBron James. And, uh, I was very happy with that. But it was, I remember saying something about you know, Ethel Merman famously never missed a show, 
She's one of the old school show must go on performers, especially a, a Broadway performer. Um, and then LeBron, um, for very different reasons, and for um, now fa- somewhat famously, takes these rest days uh, as he's kind of getting on in his career. And and the Cavs increasingly realize and have proven, due to the rise of super teams and things in the NBA, that you simply don't need to take the regular season that seriously anymore when you know you're going to make the playoffs. And uh, there's no point in playing an in Indiana on a Wednesday night um, and, and put LeBron at risk for injury or anything. Just let him rest and stay healthy and play in the playoffs. Um, and makes all makes perfect sense to me. But um, So then I go see this show t- on Thursday, which is... Uh, um, you know, I think I, it's, Bettner hasn't been on Broadway in like, or hadn't been on in like, what is it, thir- what was it, like 30 years or something? So she, it's a huge deal that she's, she's returned at last to this iconic role, um, which is a, a wonderful, like old school Broadway show, the big, uh, you know, literally it's, it's all, it's, it's like vaudevillian. Um, it feels so old fashioned, um, because it's like, literally there are scenes where characters walk on stage and just speak to the audience. Um, and tell you exactly what they're thinking, and you know it's like Oliver Goldsmith level theater. Um, uh, it's just so broad, and it's uh, a very old tradition of theater. But it was, it, was, um, it didn't. And they they did a nice job too of of, of making punching up some of the uh, gags throughout the show that made them made those feel modern and quite and really funny. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, it it's it's. So it's a huge show, um, big cast, a couple of complete showstoppers, and fame, inc- including, and, you know, clim- uh, um, climax, well, it's sort of, I mean, it's, the, the pinnacle of the show is uh, the big Hello Dolly number, um, one of the most, probably, one of the most, fam- most famous songs from all of, from uh, ever written for Broadway, I would, I would have to think, um, certainly one of the best, and uh, most iconic, and it's, it's, uh, so I mean I bought these tickets back from it was it was a Mother's Day my mother my mom's birthday is actually today that was another reason to try and do the pod that's why she came here um, incidentally it's Jack Eichel's birthday today too but uh, but happy twenty first Jack um, uh, and happy twenty first mom um, happy fortieth but uh, um, so I've been looking I mean I bought the tickets and back in May it would have been and. The soundtrack came out around then and been listening and was really into it and um you know everyone's going to see this show there's a great cast and uh david hyde pierce gavin creel kate baldwin and, and everyone was really talented um and a couple you know minor stars i guess david hyde pierce is a star but bet midler's for broadway i mean she's the, she's see, that's the other interesting thing about something like broadway is your career because it lasts so much longer um, you know, you can take time off, you can, um, you build up a legend over many, many years, um, and you can move from one role to another, whereas the sports, the sports star does not have the same opportunities of, of afforded, um, just a different lifespan or life cycle. But, uh, so Bette Midler, it's like, it's like, it's, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's really, I mean, at this point for a lot of people, it's the last, it's really a once in a, it's really a once in a lifetime opportunity to see her in this role, um, because she's not, she's no spring chicken. I mean, she's fabulous. She, she was, she was incredible. Um, but it's a demanding role and she's over 70 and, uh, 
you know, she's not going to do it again. Um, and she's leaving, and Bernadette Peters is replacing her, which, of course, some people might even say is an improvement, um, if depending on your taste. I'm, I'm not saying that. I would, but I would love to go see it again and see her version of it. But, um, but the point is, there's, because because my my mom and I were talking in line. Uh, oh, I just I think even as this was just, a, I think it was. Well, we probably mentioned it a couple. Or she mentioned this once or twice while she was here. But there was certainly at dinner before we saw the show, um, we were just. She was remarking how. Um, she had heard recently that Bette Midler's taking, I think, next week off, and she's only in the show for another, like, few months. I think she's leaving at the end of January or something, or around then. But she's taking next week off as a vacation, and probably, you know, it's, it's clearly it's the last t- time that she could take time off for the end, for her last run. Um, but I, won't be, I wondered if, uh, sir, I bet people would want, would want a refund if they bought their tickets for that, um, and they're probably kind of screwed in terms of, um, I don't know if they'll be able to see her because th- that really she really might be the reason a lot of people are, are going. Um, certainly, Star Power drives a lot of Broadway ticket sales, but um, certainly in this show. But uh, she just said how much pressure Bette Midler must be under because she knows that. She would know um, that that's... Uh, that that's the reason people are coming to see this thing, and and uh, and um, I don't know, and she and just and then and then there wasn't really much more than that because I thought, well, sure, I mean there there is pressure, but of course, I would think I would think that she well she knows that and certain certainly wants it. I would think at a certain point, a certain level of star expects that really, um, but I guess it does weigh on you. But uh, I don't know. Whereas uh, I think we we I I just I've been thinking recently. It's funny that my mom put it that way because I've been thinking about. Someone, someone on the Sabres broadcast said something like, "Well, Jack must be feeling a lot of pressure with this contract." And like, and I remember thinking, "Well, I hope he does. He should put pressure on himself. He should put more pressure on himself, if anything. All the guys in this team should, because they don't seem to care right now. They're not playing as if they care." Um, and I don't, and I don't know. I don't think pressure is. I mean, we. I mean, I guess what exactly is it? But I, I don't think that's such a bad thing. Expecta- I mean, expecting greatness out of yourself is something everyone should do. Um, we all should put pressure on ourselves all the time. I mean, that's that's one of the few things I respond to is when people. I I tend to go the if I, I mean. If I I I mean I tend to if people ignore me I can yeah I can feel bad or something but I, um, well I do I mean if I feel like I'm, I feel I feel like the opposite of pressure which is be, I guess being ignored or something I yeah that gets me down but then I think well I'm gonna show them and I you know I focus and I work harder on the thing I'm doing or whatever. Um, but I respond to, you know, the, the direct, direct sort of pressure or the absence of it makes me redouble my efforts on my own. Whatever. Point is, I think, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I don't think people are, should be so delicate. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I mean, Bette Midler isn't, I don't think, I don't think she's anything but delicate. Um, and I don't, it's not like she's taking this time off. I, I mean, who knows? It's great. She must be very, it's physically demanding to be on Broadway for anyone. Um, because it's eight shows a week, you know, sometimes two a day with, well, I don't know if she's doing the two a day, but again, she's, she's not a, she's not a young woman. Um, and it's a, there's a lot in that role. She's singing and dancing and, um, but, uh, but anyway, um, so that's, I mean, as far as the individual side, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't really know if that's, maybe that was a big, a big lot of nothing I just said, but, um, but I guess it's purely on the as far as you know back purely like on the fan side, which is where I am, or the the, the audience member. Um, it was really nice to watch something uh, which was the whole show for, for really 
um, was one was tremendous, and particularly that one big moment. Because again, like I, I'm, I'm, I, I always go back to the magic thing in sports is the, um, well, the theater of it, which is by which I mean, well, in this sense, what I mean is it's a live event, and you don't know what's going to happen. Um, and that's true. Seeing you know the other type of theater, like you know, as Homer Simpson says, legitimate theater. Um, I you know, e.g., something on Broadway. Um, you know, it's well, for instance, on the show on, on Thursday. I mean, I now I don't have that. I certainly don't have that script memorized, and I'd never even seen the show all the way through before, or at all before. But I knew some of the, I knew some of the songs, and but uh, at one point there was a thing I'd never seen happen in a Broadway show before, which was that there's literally a song that begins with uh, Dolly character is teaching um, the young male male hero to dance and male lead to dance and she says put your hand on my waist or something and he does and the his her microphone crackled which never happens i've already there are never microphone issues the sound tech is always just perfect i've never i mean I've, I've only ever heard that happen in like a like a um um like a tech rehearsal um or a show that's in previews um but uh never in a live show and then and it happened like twice and then Bette just looked, turned and looked at the audience and goes, oh, that's interesting, and smile, and give a big smile and got a huge applause and stuff. And the whole, the whole night she was doing things and the audience was eating right out of her hand and it was tremendous because they were all there just to see her um, and they loved her and it was great. And, uh, and then in Act 2, during the big number, um, she, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a brief moment in the middle where she sort of, there's like a dance sort of breakdown and Dolly is, she's at this restaurant um, and there's a whole, the whole point of that song, if you don't know, is, um, she returns to this restaurant after not having been there for a number of years, and the, the waiters just sing this big song, just, hello, Dolly, like, so nice to have you back where you belong, and that's, that's literally it. She sings about how nice it is to be back, they sing about how nice it is to have her back, and it's, like, the greatest thing you've ever seen. But she leads them through this dance, um, and... Bet she she does like so. There's like this thing where the dancers, the the the, the waiters are are like, are tap they're actually tap dancing. But she's supposed to do this like thing, and then one somebody in the orchestra with like a um like a clave or you know the drummer just kind of taps out the beat as if she's tap as if she's tapping it, um and then they they mimic her and so she does the first and it happens a couple times. It's like a call and repeat but tap dance. So she does the first one. Gets it right, and then she looks up at the audience in the middle as the music's going. She goes, "Now comes the hard part," and then, like, doesn't do it right. And I didn't even really notice, but it was something funny happened. Then she goes, "Oh well, there's always tomorrow night," and it completely breaks character, um, and just laughing. And and the audience again gave her a huge hand, and it was like people were going mental in this crowd. I mean, I've never been in in like that rowdy, um, a Broadway audience, which was so much fun. People were like standing and like. And just cheering like throughout the whole show at that, it was amazing. Like I've never had that much energy or seen that much energy in like a Broadway crowd. Um, it was amazing. Um, and then, and then the last thing was there's just after that, there's a scene where she's just she's sort of seducing David Hyde Pierce's character, and uh, you know it's it's a very funny scene. But she's just like the two of them have done this for so many times, and. You can tell that they're just they're just trying the actors are just trying to make each other laugh and Bette Midler just started cracking up like she she flubbed like a couple lines and had to stop because she was laughing. And again, people ate it up. Um and it was great. It was very funny. I mean, usually usually you'd think an actor f- laughing would be 
you know, it would be embarrassing or something. Again, I've I've never seen that in an actual Broadway stage. Um, the one time I saw SNL, it did happen, and it was funny. I mean, it happens on SNL a lot, um, or I, suppose, I guess it could. Um, but sometimes even that's just like, all right, you're not like that. The worst thing is if it's not funny to anyone else, but only to the actor, um, if they're like corpsing or something. That's that's one thing. But um, anyway, um, so Bette Midler was was. Just by just by being herself and her own presence alone, made was was tr- a tremendous performance. Um, by her own standards, it certainly wasn't her best show ever, but it was still great. Um, but that's the that's what greatness can do. Um, someone who's just that good at something, um, even if they're just well, she even was laughing. I mean, she wasn't even, and she made light of a couple of mistakes. But she, it's also it's just her personality and things. But you know, there's just there are different ways in which you have you you can someone who's great at something just garners a whole different way of being judged. And, um, you know, you can get it on Broadway, but uh, you can't get it in Buffalo, apparently. Um, I don't know. So, but again, back as a, as to to get where I started there, was like, as an audience member, I had many months, you know, from May till now of looking forward to just that one moment, um, of a scripted show, that I know, I know essentially what's going to happen. Even though, again, the, the magic of, of any theater is you don't know exactly what may happen during the performance. Um, someone may laugh. Someone's microphone may crackle. Um, who knows what? Um, but 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 essentially, um, but you do know that the actors are following a script. Um, and uh, and so there's another there's a particular that's, that just changes it a little bit from from sports because. Um, no one is no one in sports is following one set script, although they are working within the same parameters, like the rules of the game. Um, but here, I knew that, and I'd heard, and I listened to the soundtrack. I know the song that's coming. I know what they're gonna. Nothing will be surprising about the lyrics or the plot because I know what's gonna happen. But then you come and see people, you know, an incredible showstopper with big dancing and singing is always better in person than recorded as well. But um, you know, the, 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 I had so many, I had so long to look forward to that, and I and I, I really did, and then I saw it, and it exceeded my expectations, and when that's, that's, that is a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence, um, I would say, that's not something that happens all the time, in fact, I almost, I still almost feel, um, I don't know, throughout the show, I had this, I had this realization, which is a wonderful thing to realize, which is that I'm like, I'm never going to see something that I'm going to enjoy this much and I don't even really want to it's like I almost I don't even want to talk about it too much and I don't even really want to think about it too much because I might risk losing it and uh, and in fact I'm not even really doing that today I'm just talking about why I think it meant so much to me um because I because I it would be folly to try to explain what what actually happened in my my reaction while I was saying I mean I could I could I, well, I could try um but that's the that's also just the wonder of theater is you have this sensation of I wish I could be here forever and this would never end and I would just this song would never stop um, and I wish I could or end or or you know or or I wish I could see this every day um, and I wish they did this every day and I wish they would and I wish I owned this somehow so that I could just watch it again at my leisure but you can't because it's a performance and, and, and it's ephemeral and. Uh, and it's gone. I mean, they've done it, and they w- they would have done it 
Well, they might be doing it right now on the Saturday matinee. Um, and it happened, there was a performance last night, and there will be another one tonight. And uh, it's just going to keep going, and more people will see it, and there will be more shows, and, and then that's it. And that's just, that's, that's, that's theater. Um, but uh, whereas with, when you go to watch, when you're a sports fan, you, um, you know, I could hope that, I could hope that the Bills make the Super Bowl this year. I could hope that the Sabres make the Stanley Cup, um, or even just the playoffs. You know, I could I could hope for that. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you just follow the team throughout the season and hope that things go well. And if they do, great. Um, but you don't have. It's not promised. It's not even if it were. It's not like I could say as a fan now. Oh, I know that at least they're going to make it. It's not like I can spend my game credits and be told like well they're going to make it at least this far so you better pay attention or conversely you know they're going to be the worst team in the league so don't even waste your time just start re- researching draft prospects or something um but uh no you just you just have to cast your lot or you just choose to cast your lot with the team and see where it goes um so i mean the the thrills that can happen in sports are those that um are predictable only by their their known possibility is, uh, you know, they, 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 they are things that could happen. Um, whereas, you know, in, in the performing arts, you just sort of, um, it's purely about the execution of an, of a, of a definitely known thing. Um, and when that's done as well as it was the other night, it's, it's, it's unlike anything else where, uh, yeah. So, so I don't know where that leaves me. Nowhere. Um, they're nowhere different than when I started. It just, uh, that's really just this week's update. Um, uh, how am I, uh, oh, not bad. Yeah. So I also, um, I don't know, just on the, on the same topic, I just have to, have to mention that I read, I, this week I finished the second book of the King Killer Chronicles. So that's also been on my mind a lot. Um, timing wise, it worked out beautifully because I finished Thursday morning before the show and I've also been thinking heavily on that, and just uh, I've just been reading feverishly for months because I just I've been obsessed with. It. I haven't mentioned it yet on here, but um, I've never I haven't found a book like th- or books like this in a long time that are this uh, well great. Um, and I guess something in in in, in the literary the literary uh, analog to all this is just is just this is what Patrick Rothfuss's books have done and been for me, which is just completely engrossing. Well, that's it, yeah, <laughs> and it's too soon to say more because I'm still, I'm decompressing from that too in all of this. And I found actually a really good podcast of, of a husband and wife who are reading through the books, um, and that's been that's like a nice way for me to like recap and rem- and go through and remember the highlights again. But uh, I will definitely read these again someday. Um, but again, I I also am left with this wonder and this sort of forlornness um to be honest that i also got uh, after the show on thursday which is um i'm often saddened when i by the realization that i will never get to experience a thing for the first time again um something like this something which i know is repeatable like a book or a a show um within the the framework that i just outlined which is um knowing that it's not the same exact show but it's something i could theoretically i could buy a ticket to hello dolly again and see it um, and it may be in another way just as good, but, um, that's the, it's just, it's a wonderful thing in life when you suddenly have feel, when you're moved that much by something and, um, but then know that it will never, it's not possible again because, um, it's just one fewer thing that 
could do that to me <laughs> because I because it's I, because I've already read it for the first time, um, which is a wonderful. Again, it's great because it's now I've 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 done it and I can I that's I do have that experience which is great, um, but I also end up sort of sad because it's like I I can't do this again. Um, I'll have to find another book which uh, may happen someday, but it's totally out of my control. So. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm not going to turn this into a King Killer podcast, but, um, but I do have a lot of questions about it, so I might have to do that. But, uh, if I can find another person who's read it, maybe I'll start up a, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have to talk about it sometime. All right. Well, um, that's all I've got. I got to go to a Halloween party. Um, and I don't Halloween often. In fact, I don't think I've really done an actual Halloween party since I've moved here. Um, and I didn't even really do them, and I never, I just never cared for Halloween that much, uh, not since I was, like, a kid, but, um, because I think I was a three musk, there was, like, a run of years where I was, I was, like, a three musketeer, like, two years in a row, and a ghostbuster for, like, two years in a row, and then, but after that, I just sort of lost interest. Um, I'm gonna be Kaz Khan from, uh, Neo Yokio today, so I'm pretty happy about that, uh, because I don't have to really do any, it's, it's all clothes I already own, so it's perfect. Um, my ideal Halloween costume. So, uh, yeah, um, baseball's going on, uh, Gaddis got a hit last night, so I'm good with that, um, maybe it'll be over by the time I have an X episode, but that's fine, um, because without the backs, I don't really, I mean, it's not that, I don't care that much, I mean, I do, um, but I'm just, I just like being entertained, but I'm not overly interested, um, so, yeah, well, you know, sports is sports, um, We'll just, I just, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I'm, I am having fun. I re, I started another Sabres franchise because I didn't like the way I did my first one. Um, and we're, we're, I haven't won a cup yet, but I'm in 2024, and uh, you know it's going along. The, the, I realize the game is funny. Like they just, they bury a ton of guys with elite potential in the later rounds, um, which is nice. Uh, so that's who, basically who I've been drafting and just hoping that they develop on like a long term on the long term. So I haven't even, the, the guy that I, I like, there's one guy who's like an elite enforcer on defense, which I'm very excited about, was like a 50 overall when I took him, and now he's up to like 65 a couple years later. So I'll see if he, if they actually develop into like really top players. It'd be amazing. But um, anyway, the, the actual Sabres could use more of that. Oh yeah, and I also, I think I, I well I did tweet this earlier, um, not that it matters at all, uh, because no one cares, but I think I think the I think the Sabres should really consider. Well, I think that trading Sam Reinhardt for Dylan Larkin would actually would make a lot of sense, and I think it. I mean, I, I think he's fallen out of favor too, so I think it might actually it might be somewhat possible. I mean, I don't, I'd happily get rid of Ad Moore on the Sabre side, um, but I just think the skating the Larkin skating would be is exactly what the Sabres need, and I think that Reinhardt would be a good Red Wing, because he is a smart guy. He's just not used well, but I feel like with the veteran presence on the Red Wings, I think he would fit in very well. Because he's kind of like, he's got the he's got a bit of Thomas Holmstrom in him, in that he he will go in front of the net and he's good there, but he's also got some passing ability, like Zetterberg. Um, so I think he would learn a lot and be. I mean, not that Holmstrom's around anymore, but I think he would be. I think he'd be. A, he looks like a Red Wing more than a Saber to me, whereas Larkin would be a great saber. I mean, I just, Eichel and Larkin would be, in a, would be just, would be awesome. Um, so I think, I think it's, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if it's possible. Oh, but I did trade in my sabers franchise. I, I was able to trade, um, 
this would never happen these days, but I traded Reinhardt for like Pareko, uh, on the blues, which was, which I think would be, I mean, if, I think that would be a great move for the, if the, if the Sabres could make, um, we just, it just would be a good other defenseman. And then, and I got, I mean, I've made a bunch of moves. I also was able to, it's getting ridiculous, but I was able to sign, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson, which obviously, and I don't even to say that that would be tremendous if they could do. But maybe maybe he would be available if the Coyotes keep losing. Maybe we can make some trades there, like O'Reilly and uh, Reinhardt for OEL. But um, we'll see. I was I just always assume that the the Coyotes will take the biggest contract possible just to hit the salary floor. But um, you know maybe we'll maybe we'll get lucky and we can ship some of these deep contracts to Vegas, but or or Arizona. All right. Well, you know it's a long season, so. Uh, Whatever, I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.